You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Kissed and Sycamus Show on BGN. Trevor, welcome to BGN again, longtime guest, and now you have your own show, kind of, kind of. Yeah, uh, no, now now it's now it's our own show. Took Ben's contract, ate it, pooped it out, no longer exists. Now I'm taking his spot. Yeah, I'd like to issue a non-apology. If you saw the title of the show and were misled into clicking and streaming, or <laughs> downloading, or however you digest these things. No, unfortunately, Benjamin Solak has not been replaced. This was all a trick. I have deceived you. But I am here talking with Trevor Sycama. Trevor, let the gentle, if they haven't heard you before on this feed, you've been on here before, but let, let them know who you are or what you do. No, I appreciate you having me on, Mike. Uh, Mike reached out to me and was like, hey, we're going to play a little prank on Ben where we, and I went, no, I'm <laughs> in. I don't care. No, it's it, it's it. That's all I needed. Um, writer for the Draft Network, David Tweeter over at Twitter.com, at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, a colleague of Ben's, a co-host of Ben's as well. We host the Locked On NFL Draft podcast together offline, but also in the war zone of Michael Kiss, which I believe that we're going to get to at some point in this podcast. So, yes, yes, we are. And look, this this is lesson number one in the rules of engagement. And by engagement, I'm talking about social media. And today, me and Trevor, I just wanted to have a conversation with my buddy. There's not a whole lot going on in the football world. We were going to record this, and, and then the Jason Peters thing dropped. So, of course, check the feed if you want the emergency reaction to that. We're going to be covering that throughout the week. But I still want to have this conversation with my buddy Trevor. You know, we've we've hung out multiple times, seen each other at the, the Shrine Game practices, seen each other in Mobile, Alabama, had some had some late nights there. So wanted to have a conversation about nothing because there's really not a whole lot going on in the football world right now. And uh, this is a subject that is near and dear to our hearts. We're talking about the rules of engagement on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Our wants, our desires, our deepest fears, our biggest mm -hmm. pet peeves. It's a lot of fears. And everything we do for clicks in the year of our lore 2020. And actually, we could start right there, Trevor, because I'm of the belief that everything we do, especially on social media and really in life too, is in fact clickbait. Oh, 100%. In media, in, in our lives, like the, the, the way we set up our articles, the way we construct our tweets, the way you do your hair is clickbait for the ladies. <laughs> we, we crave that sweet, sweet dopamine. And I brought you on because we all have guiding principles that drive us through life. And a few of yours are three sides minimum. Yes. Always be tweeting. Yes. Never log off. Yes. <laughs> so... If, if if I can leverage your expertise here in a world so driven by clicks and retweets and engagement and whatnot, can can we truly call anything clickbait? Should we just throw that word out? Yeah, so Twitter's a very interesting place because I've got two mantras that are absolutely clashing at all times, which have uh, which uh, you know one is never log off. Like I cannot imagine 
logging off. And in in the context of that mantra, you knew you'd see something going on in the timeline where you're just like, wow, I, you literally cannot get this entertainment anywhere else, whether it's a video of somebody being stupid in Florida because it's always in Florida or uh, like somebody just having a reaction to a joke or whatever it is. Find it. So if you log off, you're going to miss it. Yep. And so that's why, like, I can't ever imagine logging off. But at the same time, never tweet. Never tweet. You know, that's that, that these two things right here, have an account, log on, watch people. Twitter is the greatest people watching thing. A lot of people say like, oh, it's New York city. You know, you go to the park, there's so many people, you go to LA, you go to a popular uh, area. You just go like, oh, I just love people watching Twitter is the best people watching you're ever going to get. The best part, it's free 99. Cannot believe that the app is free. So, no, nothing's clickbait anymore because, like, all content is good. You know, whether you're roasting yourself or whether you're watching somebody else get roasted, no matter what they're talking about, it's so funny because everybody has to have an opinion now on Twitter. This Uh is just like what – like, we've been on so long that – you know, like somebody could, somebody could like cure cancer and they'd be like, well, why didn't you do it like this? You know, like, why didn't you do it like with this method? And it's like, you realize what you're talking about here. You understand like <laughs> that you're arguing basically a universal good. And right. it just seems like that's always the case on Twitter. So yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with you that nothing is clickbait anymore because all content produces dopamine. And that's <laughs> just what we're looking for every single day, just to get that sweet, sweet dopamine to get us by survive another day. Log on tomorrow morning. Twitter is like the passing game, right? When you pass, three things can go wrong. Only one can go right. But you're never not going to pass. That's of the course. most efficient yeah. thing. Yes. The return on investment's incredible. I could spend five minutes of my time doing something that will actually advance me as a person. Or <laughs> I could BS on Twitter for five minutes. And let's talk about how you get that dopamine. I I wanted to talk about like the easiest way to get those Twitter clicks and engagements. And like this can be part of a through line with like viral tweet theory, VHT, as you may know it. VHTs. Which is something I just made up. I'll give an example. Like right now, I know for a fact I can get at least 500 likes and 50 retweets, right? That 5,500 club. If I find a video of somebody dancing their butt off and just say – Every DB after he gets burned and the wide receiver drops it, right? And especially with the Eagles with Jalen Mills, who is notorious for finger wagging the bits of burnt toast off of him. So like even even after that, that, that formula has been around for years. And I still, still, still to this day see people hitting like 800K likes on it. Like, yeah. Those are like the chalk formats that we're talking about here. Do any do any things that stand out to you? It's just like this is so obviously just for engagement, and it's so easy just to get that that's that dopamine that we. No, I think that that's a that's a perfect one. I feel like I've seen that one a ton, and there's some good ones. Like again, look, I'm not hating on anybody because even even though the tweets are basically the same exact format, a lot of them are hilarious. You know, like I still laugh at them. I'll still give them a like, especially if it's a friend of mine. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to advance your viral theory. You know, you know, sometimes if I really like them, if they're my uh, good friends and I'll give them a retweet, but you know, that's, you got to be an exclusive club to get that is, is 50 and 500. Is that the ratio? Is that like the official ratio? I think that's like, if I hit 50 and 500, like remember that time we were, we were driving, we were at the Shrine game, we were driving to the national uh, championship Yes. and the the Panthers uh, had just gotten a request to, to interview Andrew Berry of the Eagles Yes. denied by the Eagles. And you were, and I was, I think I was in the, in the car with you and I was like, yeah, get Panthers. (laughs) And you were like, that should be the tweet. That should be the tweet. Get absolutely 
at Panthers. And I tweeted out, you were like, oh my God, you actually did that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that hit at least 5,500. That's when I know like I hit a solid one, like 150 likes, whatever. But like, I feel like you got to hit 500 for it to be like, okay, I nailed that one. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people too. That's like, all right, I'll send a tweet out and then I'll check it. And you know, if it doesn't get the right engagement right off the bat, I'll be like, God, you're such a failure. Gee, your yeah. dad, your dad was right all along. You're such a piece of credit. No, I'm just kidding. I love my dad. But, uh, it's, it, it is funny that you brought up kind of like the, how you got to structure things. Yeah. Just going on into like the viral tweet theory. I always feel like either, you know, to like get, get the right kind of tweet to pop off. You know, like sometimes, sometimes I'll have a tweet that like do really well. And a couple of people ask me, they'll be like, did you know that this one was going to blow up before you even sent it? And sometimes I'll say to people like you, you know, when you've got a good one in the palm of your hand, but you've got to form it the right way. Cause when it comes to viral tweets, you've either got to give people a reason to quote tweet it, to put their own opinion in it, because obviously everyone just is on Twitter to hear themselves talk. So you have to allow them to have that, or you've got to either eloquently or aggressively. It's one of the two say what you're about to say to such a level where people either like bust out laughing or they just go, yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. So you doing, you doing that tweet to the Panthers is hilarious just because it was so aggressive that people had no choice, absolutely no choice, but to respect it. And that's why it went off. So I always, I always think about that when it's like, Oh, I have an idea for a tweet. That's like kind of funny. But you got to form it the right way. I feel like it's got to fit in one of those boxes. It couldn't have been take that at Panthers. You know, it had to be. If you did take that at Panthers, you'd get you would have gotten like 11 retweets (laughs) and like 42 likes. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's here for 11 retweets and 42 likes. Like that's just like nobody's here for this. I don't roll out of bed for less than 500 likes in a day. That's that's just it. <laughs> what what is your biggest tweet? Is it the one where the dog yes. tackles the person? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was and which is hilarious because you brought up the cheesy like DB Right. Matt, that tweet is when the DB snuffs out the screen, but it's yeah. just a dog just absolutely taking this girl's legs out and she just goes face first in the pavement. It's hilarious. I mean, like, I loved it. I thought it was a great tweet. One of the tweets that I think is severely underrated that I've ever sent off. So anybody out there that's ever heard an E-40 song, the artist E-40. Yeah. You know that he has a very unique style to his rapping. There's a picture of Joe Burrow from like two years ago where he's making almost like the duck lips face. But you could tell it's almost like he's saying the word like, ooh, you know, like it's (laughs) it's that kind of sound like you can only make this sound when your face is like that, where it's just like, ooh, and it's it's a it's a picture of Burrow in that exact moment. And I just took the picture and I said E40 before the verse (laughs) and everybody who got it seems to think it was the greatest tweet ever, but it only had like, I say only like I'm super spoiled here, like 2000 likes. And I'm like, man, this tweet should have gone off. I needed E40 himself. (laughs) <laughs> to retweet this bad boy. Uh, the other one, the fat cam has got to be a, a big one. The, the fat, fat Kelvin one, the fat, fat Kelvin one, fat, yeah. fat Kelvin, Bama lamb. <laughs> yeah, that, that one is a good one. I actually, that's a meme format that I saw first from Instagram. Mm. I can't remember what they did it for, 
but it was something where they took that song and they just like changed the word. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And then like a year later I had this opportunity and I have no idea why it popped into my head, but I just was like, Oh wait, Kelvin fits. Like I can use this meme format and I did it. And yeah. I love that one. Another one that I really enjoyed was, and this is RIP my old Twitter account. Cause I used to have an old Twitter account, but then I tweeted out too many NFL videos before oh. the NFL relaxed on it. And they can't, they, they just, they just like suspended my account. They're like, yeah, too bad. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. <laughs> this is, this is the one that, uh, this is from when I was in college, right? Mike, you know, you're in college, you're trying to be a journalist, like you're, you're growing your brand. And I'm like, man, I had like four or 5,000 followers on this Twitter account. Like I thought I was the man, you know, this, yeah. this back in 2014, I was like, holy crap, I've worked so hard. I've sent off so many dumbass <laughs> tweets to get to this point. And then the NFL like found a bunch of videos where I just took my iPhone and I was just recording shit off the TV, you know, like plays <laughs> off the TV, like be like, look at this play. And the NFL found it. And they're like, now nah, we're shutting you down. And they just shut me down. And gave me no means of contact. Like I could not contact Twitter at all. It was like, yo, I'll delete all the tweets. Just give me my account back. They're like, nah, too late. That's the biggest fear, man. Just getting DMCA'd to yes. oblivion. Yes. Oh that's my what God. Happened. But before that happened, what year did the Cubs win the World Series? It was 2016, right? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> so I was watching game seven of the yeah, big, big baseball guy, Michael Kitts. I was watching the World Series game seven. Yes. And when David Ross, I think he hit, either hit a home run or he got an RBI. Yeah, no, he had hit a home run. He hit a home run. And after he crossed home plate, him and every single person on the Cubs bench just instead of high-fiving, instead of like doing a Roman handshake, instead of like a fist bump, instead of a chest bump, they just straight up did pelvic thrusts right at each other's groins. <laughs> and he did this time and time again. He did he did this like seven times. He just went down the bench. You know how you just like go down the tunnel and you get everybody high fives? He was just bumping groins with, with everybody. And so I just put – I recorded that video, put in all caps, bumping dicks. It's my and favorite. <laughs> That got, I swear to God, that got, I think, 4,000 retweets within 10 minutes. And I'm like, this yeah. is going to be the biggest tweet of all time. And <laughs> then my account got shut down and it got blocked. So. I, st I still use that phrase. I still say close enough to be bumping dicks because that, that was like, <laughs> I followed you and that was the first tweet that I saw. And I was like, okay, I'm following forever and I'm never logging off because of this. <laughs> wow. You know what? If that tweet got me to this show with this friendship, then it was all worth it, even though it's gone. So so some other like ch chalk tweet formats, I would say maybe this is a different way because it's not all it's not all thirsty. If I put up like a low lights of Josh Allen or a Mitch Trubisky. Oh, yeah. He's low hanging fruit. No doubt. Yeah. Totally easy or really any young quarterback that a fan base like that has invested their hopes and dream into. I could do it for Carson Wentz, right? I could go full heel turn. I could go Kean Fahey, Joe Giglio, ESP with the Wentz hate and post a compilation of him like missing swing passes all like the, like this routine stuff and then throw in some like deep shots to Aguilar that are incompletions due to Aguilar being absolutely blind. But the implication would be that it was Wentz's fault. People would trip over them, especially Philly. People would trip over themselves to try and correct me. Now, that, again, that's a different type of engagement. That goes from thirst to a nice split between likes from the haters yes. and venom from the fanboys. Yes. And yes. like with Alan Trubisky, guys like that, I'm all about like I love it. I love getting the homers in the mentions riled up. And yeah. it's not about like trying to be dishonest or trying to get a rise because they're legitimately bad quarterbacks, but it's about laughing the people that know that that share that opinion and it's about getting a violent reaction 
from the poor guy that just doesn't want his football hopes just crapped on, which is probably, I mean, his hopes are probably foolishly tied to his self-worth and happiness when it comes to the quarterback. And, and judging from your timeline, Trev, I think you try to avoid this because you're, I think you're more of a thirst guy than a heel. I'm more of a heel, right? And I wonder, is there ever a point where Trevor Sikama wakes up on the wrong side of the bed? And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but and just says, I need to get on the timeline and just shred a fan base right now. You know what I mean? And just really crap on him. Because I, I think you're the opposite. I think I will say I used to do this a lot more probably in like 2015, 2016. And you definitely reap the benefits. You know what I'm saying? Like what right. you're saying there, like you, de- there is definitely a sweet spot to where you get that sweet engagement. And you attack like half the fan base. So I think that I probably did it more like around like 2015, 2016, 2017. Whereas when I started to work for Pewter Report, and I started that was when I was the Bucks beat reporter for them. That was my first year, the three years that I did it. I think I got a little bit more. I don't want to say professional, but like I just got less hostile towards yeah. other fan bases. I was just like, all right, I'm going to focus on like the Bucks. And I'm just going to like if I make fun of the Bucks, then then fine, uh, which was funny because Jameis Winston was the quarterback that I covered. Mm. Right. So Jameis is the most polarizing player of all time. And so it's it's so funny because I, this is the perfect example. The last cover three column that I wrote for Peter Report, I looked at all 30 of Jameis Winston's interceptions from yeah. the past year. And I went as much context as I possibly could. I tried to outsource people who are a lot smarter than me with football because I, I know, you know, I think a baseline level of, of how the game is played and how things operate, but there's tons of context for, you know, people who have played the game and coaches who coach it and things like that, who I'm always trying to pick their brain. And I tried to get their expertise on some of these situations and it, it ended up being a massive project that I did. And I came out with, I believe saying that out of James Winston's 30 interceptions, 16 and a half were solely 100% all context included his fault. And it's funny because people on both sides of the fence took that and ran with it. Yeah. People, right. People who try to defend Winston went, see, it was only 16 and a half. And people who don't like Winston were like, see, it was all the way at 16 and a half. And it was just hilarious because that's Twitter. Like yep. that's Twitter in an absolute nutshell. And to this day, every single week I get tagged with my article sent out, which appreciate the clicks, everybody on <laughs> one side of the fence and one way or the other. And I was just like, here's the information, do with it, whatever you will. So I would say uh, in, in a long answer to your question, I don't do as much poking the bear at these fan bases as maybe I used to. However, covering James for as long as I did, I kind of naturally did it while covering the Bucks. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, I just want to say real quick, because you brought up you brought up Nelson Aguilar's name. One of the funniest Philadelphia Eagles tweets that I saw. And there are a lot of them because Philly's fan base is extremely active on social media. Love y'all for it. Somebody somebody told me once, like, I want to see Philly. I want to see Philly lose only because the media is so much funnier with Philly. They Dude. just meme them and troll them to death. Like Dallas, it was like Dallas Philly. And he was like, Dallas right. media beat writers are just going to like bitch and moan this entire time. Philly's at least going to make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Philly's like burn the, burn the whole city down. Yeah. Who was giving the speech in the Super Bowl parade? who was wearing like the Sultan outfit. Okay. So it was Chelsea. I remember he was up there and he was screaming like all of the, the doubts that they had read. Lane can't get off the Jews. Right. Right. Like all that stuff. One of them was, (laughs) 
it was a, it was a meme format and somebody had made the video of it and the beginning of it was a um like a standard like 911 what's your emergency and then it cuts to Jason Kelsey just screaming Nelson Aguilar can't catch I love that just just that and I died I love Nelson he's a he's a Tampa dude he went to Berkeley and I'm yep. from the Tampa area so um love Nelson I really do but that meme was just I cried laughing at that so i just wanted to because this is a eagles podcast yeah. i wanted i wanted to shout out that tweet it was one of my favorites when we come back here on the first episode and probably the only episode of the <laughs> kissed and <laughs> sycamore show we're going to talk about some pet peeves that we have with the timeline some of the best follows that's coming up next here on bgn vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience? Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. We are back here on the Kissed and Sycamus Show, Episode 1, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kissed here with Trevor Sycamus. Trevor, if you could take one Twitter account with you to a deserted island, which, oh. which account would it be? One Twitter account. So, and like, if I, have, if I have Wi Fi for just for only, that, only one Twitter account. I mean, out of, I, I think out of respect, it would have to be at Drill. Because Drill oh. is like the godfather of Twitter comedy. I really think that. There's a couple of other ones. One of my other favorite ones as of recently is the Shen the Bird account. I don't know if you follow that one. Uh -uh. That one's incredible. It's just like 
the way that they again, we talked about like verbiage and like how you craft a tweet, the way that they their bluntness and their their way to create this comedy out of just like everyday things. People do people talk about like there's a Trump tweet for everything. You know how like people will talk about right. that, like if Trump's like tr- contradicting himself. There is also a drill tweet for everything in any situation. It's one of the funniest accounts that have st- like stood the test of time. That would probably be one. That was one of my first follows. And Drill is, I think, the the leader of what I would consider like weird Twitter. You know, yeah. like it's just those sects of Twitter that like the people log on, fire off their hilarious jokes and log off. You know, the true that they, they understand enlightenment. They are the Renaissance men and women of the world. <laughs> but yeah, it would probably be Drill if I had to take one. I would take uh, bets. I would take all 22 bets with is- me great mix of informative and like i remember when you said like hey here's what we're going to talk about and you were like hey who are some best follows bets is in the category of like both informative and hilarious because bets will like one second be like hey here's this coverage that you didn't understand before that's really complex that i'm now breaking down and showing you a video example of it's like oh, okay great and then the other one is like all right here's me absolutely nuking josh allen into yes. the core of the earth you know like it's just He's he's a very good he's a very good balance of that. Yeah, and like one of or like we were talking about like viral tweet theory and how to get how to get that in the formats and one of them is like you know you build that here's fifteen dollars build your perfect quarterback. Betts did one that was absolutely brilliant on the cutting edge of, of, of Twitter. And he's like, $15, build your Josh Allen. And it's like, <laughs> two bucks, you know, you give him a lobotomy. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. <laughs> so he goes, and, and he's weird. It's like, he is, a, he is a nuclear bomb, dude. Like, me and him didn't start out on good terms. I called him like a .NET site. Like, I kind of went after him. Betts read that and was like, oh, that's actually kind of funny what he called me and whatnot. It was like real lighthearted about it. I was like, oh, cool. He took a joke. Maybe this guy's, you know, approachable. And we ended up being like really good friends after that. So, and it's funny because Mike Renner had pointed out to me at the senior bowl, he's like, Mike, have you ever had a, a professional or business relationship that didn't start off with violence? And I realized you and Ben might be the only one where I wasn't like attacking them first. And then it developed into something like nice later. It's weird. The relationships and how you build them through Twitter. Have you had that with Twitter where you like just totally go like, or someone comes after you and then you build an understanding or. Yeah. So, I mean, like that actually happens all the time yeah. and it's, I don't know if there's any like bigger Twitter accounts or like people that I'm friends with now that it started off like in a bad way, because I don't innately just like go after people. It's just kind of like not how I do it. I'm like, hey, everybody, like, let's all like be cool. You know, like we can all be friends. and Uh, But it's funny because you lose tone so easily on Twitter. Yes. And this just happened last week. It's I I mean, I had one that that just happened a couple of days ago. I wrote an article about the Buccaneers and like the, the what turned around their secondary because at the beginning of the year, they were hot. Ass. And then in the second half of the year, they were like one of the top five teams in the league in terms yep. of defending the pass. I basically identify the turning point is when they cut Vernon Hargraves, it was a big message to the rest of the locker room because it was a very young secondary. Hey, like we're not putting up with this. Vernon was not giving the effort that he should have. He really hadn't since his rookie year. He was getting burned for it. He was being one of those Jalen Mills types where he showboated when the pass was overthrown by 20 yards and he thought he did a good job in the coverage. And like, that's what Vernon was doing. And he was teaching the younger guys kind of just through his actions that like, this is what happens. Bruce Arians kind of got in there and went, no, absolutely not. We're not dealing with this. And so he cut his right there. And that was the turning point of when everything really went a different direction with the Bucks defense. So that's what I say in the article, right? There was a Bucks fan who responded to the tweet of the article and said, didn't read the article, but I am telling you that it was the moment that they cut Hargraves. Like that was the turning point because it, it's not like I was, I was giving someone 
a gold nugget of information they didn't know. Yeah. This was very obvious to anyone that followed the team. And I said back to him in a way that I thought was very just like lighthearted. I was just like, well, like, I mean, you like, you didn't need to read the article. Like you already knew it. Like you already knew that. And he went after me. He's like, I would, he's like, the second I see you in real life, I'm going to punch you straight <laughs> in the face. You, you effing like all, all this stuff, man. And he just like goes after me. And, and somebody else in Buck's Twitter actually said back to him before I even saw the tweet, he was like, yo, Trev did not mean this the way that you're thinking it. And he's like, he came off really condescending as if like he was the only one to know it. And I was like, nah, man, not what I meant. And he was like, oh, all right, my bad. No, you're cool. I'll delete the tweets. And it's just like, that's, That's that stuff happens. I think all the time I'm with Twitter is like, you'll look at somebody and you'll want to like go after him for a tip. Because I mean, like if you're on the timeline long enough, you're going to say stupid stuff that's going to either piss somebody off or you're just not thinking. Like, I think of this stuff all the time. For example, like just last week when Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic announced that the Big Ten was going to a conference-only schedule, in my mind right off the bat, I was like, oh, if they're announcing, like officially announcing that they're going to conference only, that means that they've thought about a lot of this stuff and they're making an official announcement that they're actually going to play college football, not right. that they were going to go to a conference schedule just to cancel it later. And so I, yeah. I was like, oh, this confirms college football is back. And everybody <laughs> tweeted at me and they're like, yo, this does not mean the college football is back. And then I, I waited like a couple minutes and I thought about it and I was, I was reading the way that people were like, no, actually it means this. And so I responded to myself. I was like, or I'm just an idiot, you know, like both <laughs> yeah. things could clearly on the table. And so it's just funny. If you're around long enough, you know, you're going to say stuff that's either going to piss somebody off or you're going to get in a little bit of hot water with it. But it's all about like, if, if you approach things the right way, if you don't take yourself too seriously, that's the biggest lesson that I've learned from Twitter I'm learning all the time. You're learning all the time. Everybody who's worth following and interacting with and having a relationship with, they're not taking themselves too seriously. We're trying to learn. We're trying to educate, but we also know that we don't know everything. That's how it starts. And so it's funny that you say that about bets because that's really how a lot of relationships on Twitter just work. It's sometimes they're, they're hostile like that. And then you actually make a good friend out of it. And people get hyped up from like the expectation from Twitter because so many people are so unnecessarily aggressive on Twitter. And I'm a pretty straightforward speaker in general and my tone definitely gets lost on twitter to where it's like always sounding so serious and people could take that the wrong way at times so that uh, getting a a violent reaction from just a pretty banal tweet is one of my pet peeves of course one of the things that i fear on twitter but let's talk about some other pet peeves for me one of the the things that i hate going on right now is that explain X in the most boring way possible because all the responses are boring. All you're doing is trying to get like these lame retweets and quote tweets and whatnot. Yeah. It's and none of the answers are good. Well, that's just, just like a, that's a meme format that you hate. That's like, right. a, that's like a tweet format. You're not a fan of like, that's the, that's the same thing as like saying like nobody, absolutely nobody me, you know, right. and I use that one all the time. <laughs> this too. is just one that, you know, you're, you're not a fan of. Uh, I would say adding players is a big one for me, either via thirst. Like for yeah. instance, if I put up like a reel of like Brandon Brooks and then I at Brandon Brooks, it is no longer about Brandon Brooks. It's about me trying to get Brandon Brooks to retweet me for oh, me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Have I done well, that before? Absolutely. <laughs> Has it worked before? Absolutely. But often, when it when it really pissed me off, and I, I, I don't do that very often. I really don't uh, because you're right. It's it's kind of just a weird relationship that you, that you bring into the tweet when you don't exactly have to. And the worst part of it is like 
you know, like you, let's just like take Vernon Hargraves, for example, Vernon doesn't have a Twitter, but like if I wrote an article pointing out, Hey, Vernon's not really living up to the billing of an early first round pick. And then somebody would like tag Vernon and be like, do you right. see this? Do you see the hate? I'm leaving you no matter what. And like this, it goes so far to be like, this guy's on his eighth team in five seasons they'll be like i'll never give up on you you see the haters you don't forget the day ones and i'm like and, I, and what, what's gonna happen there the only thing that's gonna happen there is it's gonna get quote tweeted by vernon he's gonna yes. do like some laughing crying emojis yes. and all it's doing is sending a bunch of negativity into your life all because they didn't agree with your opinion of them no, nothing advanced the conversation there you didn't do that's anything it. for anybody no no <laughs> no, no that's a, that's definitely a pet peeve i'll say an old pet peeve of mine this is before Twitter changed where you could quote tweet and have the box where you had to do, do just like the RT at the handle. You remember like that far back in the day? Were you around for Twitter back then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people would just like instead of just straight retweeting because they wanted to see their AV more on the timeline. God, what a beautiful marketing strategy. They would just put <laughs> RT in front of the exact tweet and they would make it seem like it's good. The biggest pet peeve I think that I have, I'd be interested to see where you are on this. Okay. Stop asking for an edit button. Oh, I know. Okay. Absolutely. You because don't, okay, it, if you need an edit button, just delete the delete the tweet, repost it. Like, who cares about your five likes that you got already? It's not going anywhere. Just post it again. And a lot of people are like, oh, because here's the thing, they'll they'll say, oh, like uh, the engagement's already like taken off. Like I noticed it five minutes later. You want somebody to be able to change a tweet that's already been retweeted, say a hundred times. I don't. Right. You could take a tweet and you get there are people out there smarter than me who already have examples of this where you could change one letter or a comma or uh -huh. something of a tweet and completely change what it meant. And 150 people already retweeted that. Like, what if I already retweeted that? And it like becomes something uh, completely different. Or <laughs> like you like it. And then like a year later, someone's like this you. And it's you liking right, a tweet about right, like Hitler, <laughs> right? Like we like an edit button. I hope truly never comes because of that. And people will be like, "Oh, well, well, why don't why can't you just like edit it within the first thirty seconds?" Okay, one, if it's a tweet that you really thought was that worth it, then it's probably again already taken off, and you've gotten say like fifteen, twenty retweets. What are you just saying like f those fifteen, third, twenty people that you could be like messing up? It's people. I I, I don't understand how. So many people are so short-sighted about this. It's not yep. going to happen. It should never happen. Stop asking for an edit button. Trevor, before we get out of here, we got to talk about our shared co-host, our son, Benjamin Solak. Uh, why is Ben always late to our shows? And why is it because he thinks he's better than us? You pretty much nailed it right there. Uh, lately, lately, I've been because I just got done moving. And so, like, I've been moving around a bunch and I was having some people over for the holidays and everything. So lately, I've had to actually have Ben be flexible, but it shocks me uh, not at all whatsoever that uh, you, you, you're probably like, hey, Ben, we're logging on at 11. And it's like, all right, 1145. Where is he? He can't still be sleeping. He's not 16. He's saying you're checking his timeline to see if he tweeted recently yes. so you can yes. add him. Yes. You're hitting up on all these different formats. Like, I've, I, I, there, was, there was one time where I emailed him. I texted him. I slacked him and I DM'd him and I added him in Twitter in the mentions to get people to go harass him so I could know, hey, number one, you're alive. Number two, I'm <laughs> waiting here, brother. <laughs> it is funny. Are we going to talk about our Warzone win? That's got to be the thing that we close on. Yeah, because me and you got together with uh, Owen Reese and 
and Bryce Rossler from uh, Sports Info Solutions. And uh, Bryce had some internet issues, as always, because he's out there in the in the boonies of Pennsylvania. So he had to get off. So it was me, you, and Owen. It was was it Owen? I think it was Owen. No, it was just three of us. It oh, was that's right. It was that's a right. win. So normally, yeah, it's the four of us that that are, are that are often in the war zone together. And for whatever reason, it was just I think me and you because Ben logged on late and we were playing with Ben. And look, everybody, nobody knows Ben better in the Internet community than myself and Michael Kist. Correct. I did not think Ben was going to be good at Warzone. I really didn't. And when Ben, when when he logged on, when he actually got into our Discord and it was like, oh, hey, Ben's here. I'm like, Jesus Christ, can I get like one thing in my life where it's Ben free? You know, like I feel I got TDM, <laughs> I got the podcast. I mean, like, brother, are you just moving in? Are you paying rent at some point? So I was like, this is my only safe haven. And Ben pops in. Howdy, guys. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Jeez. So, no, Nerd. so. Ben was on. We needed a third. We plug him in. And uh, I asked Ben, I was like, Ben, I didn't know you're a shooter guy. Like, I knew he was into video games, but I didn't know he was into shooters. He's like, yeah, this is actually one of the first shooters I've played in a long time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Mike and I are about to have Mike and I are about to carry a backpack so heavy. We're going to have to have yeah. one strap on each shoulder. And he had already said he was terrified of being aggressive in yeah. Call of Duty on the timeline. So I'm like, this guy wants to camp like he's going to be lagging behind. Turns out <laughs> our play style somehow meshed perfectly. Yeah. In like the second game that we all played together, I have the best sniper game in my life where I was just dropping fools. Ben has an 11 kill 22 K damage game. And then Mike gets the final kill of the game and we get the dub. I could not believe it. I yeah. could not believe what I had just watched. Ben led the team in kills and damage. And and he led the team in terms of like being aggressive. I it which shocked me. Like I was thinking, okay, we're gonna have to like pull Ben through this, and you know, I would spot somebody or whatever, and it was like, all right, I'm gonna go, to, I'm gonna go push him. Trevor would be like, well, I don't know if that's a good idea, and he would be gone. And next thing you know, he's cleared out this room while we're like reloading our guns like a hundred <laughs> meters away. Like what's what's happening? And it was like the it was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest rhythm that I've ever been in in a game to have two like three people click like that because me and you hadn't played a bunch of Warzone yet together at that point right ben yeah. had played none with us yeah and it was like the ultimate team effort it was it was unreal and i don't know if ben will ever replicate that again like he should retire from from cod because oh, he can truly. only go downhill yeah. yeah truly no you just you love it when a plan comes together it's the pot it's the podcast chemistry man we were just it was just the podcast triangle chemistry trevor any last words for the gentle listeners any last uh pieces of advice for them uh about upping their twitter engagement and uh yeah i I was gonna apologize but i'm not gonna apologize for fooling everybody on the front and i think this is a good fun show and and discussion yeah my uh my advice to everybody on twitter is don't be an asshole unless you're michael kissed in which case being an asshole is your brand so go ahead and fire off being an asshole uh never remember to never log off but also never tweet and if you tweeted me a picture of a barbecue and it does not have three sides minimum on it i will block you i will block you three sides minimum only when we eat barbecue my friends michael it's always good joining you on a podcast no matter what the format is no matter who we're trying to fool appreciate you having me on man make sure you follow trevor follow all of his work appreciate you appreciate you having you on man that's gonna do it for the first and probably only kiss and sycama show we all we got we all we need fly eagles fly
The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd all mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 